0: There we go. Good evening, beautiful people. It's your girl, Nicole Rodriguez, RDN. I'm here tonight, not only with Dave Sharotsky, AKA the Food Porn Unicorn. We have a very special, very spicy guest live from South Florida. It's Andres Ayesta,
1: nice. also- Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Also RDN. So excited to have him on this morning. I'm sure a lot of you this morning, I'm really with it. It's, it's about 10 o'clock at night. I don't know what time it is anymore because of daylight saving. I was like, you,
2: you live like you, but you look like you're in sort of like a cave at your house though. So. Yeah,
0: it's I am. I'm like in a little, I'm in a little cave. It's, it's, it's no
1: it's idea very, what time it is. There's no windows. It's very
0: warm. There's no, there's, there's no clocks, no windows, nothing up here. So I'm sure. A lot of our listeners know who Andres is, and we'll let him tell everyone a little bit more about himself, but I have to give Andres for Dave and I starting this podcast because we were going back and forth for about six months, like, oh, what's going to be our topic and what platform are we going to use and yada, yada, yada. And Andres invited me onto his podcast and he was using Zoom. And I was like, wait, a light bulb went off. I said, wait a second. Dave and I Could manage this And see each other And it will be just A delight So Andres Always inspirational
1: So this whole podcast Is thanks to him
0: Basically
2: Wow yeah. I did not know this And now like, I, I feel like I feel humbled Like that's, that's amazing We're
1: gonna credit <laughs> you As an assistant executive producer
2: <laughs> I'll get some of the royalties When you start like Bringing in like You know uh, Sponsorships And stuff like that For this It's like I am oh, responsible God. For this we podcast We can't hear you <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so Andres tell us a little bit about the specific space you work in in nutrition and then we have some questions for you how guys can leverage proper nutrition into certain areas of performance okay
2: yeah, that's perfect. Let's talk about it. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for uh, bringing me on. I'm super excited uh, to talk about it. And when you told me when uh, we met in Fancy, I was like, yeah, we're going to start a, po- a podcast called Food, Sex and Politics. And I was like, I want to be on that. So uh, so that was like pretty excited. So congratulations to you guys for starting this up. Um, I live in Tampa, Florida. I'm originally from Venezuela. So we um, for the Latinos listening, in, in um, I guess like the the right quote uh, pronunciation for my name would be Andrés ayesta If you want to actually kind of like you know try to roll the Rs in there, um, uh, nice. but. Yeah, but the the area of nutrition that I practice on, I was a sports dietitian for a long. I still am, uh, but I worked in the sports dietetics arena for um, closer to like a good part of like five years before I went into private practice, private online nutrition coaching, um, and yeah. So I I actually help Hispanic males um, improve uh, life performance, including you know, now that we're talking about it, sexual performance. So uh, those are uh, great things that I try to do. I also work with women and I do have a lot of like, you know, female clients. So, uh, but that's kind of like the the niche that I try to, to kind of help out Uh, from here from Florida and I work with people all over the world. So that's a, that's a quick intro.
0: Excellent. So when you were working specifically in that sports space, what sort of athletes did you specialize in, or can you say who was your most rewarding to work with?
2: oh yeah, I work with like it's it's crazy because i it i if you hear about the type of athletes I work with like I like there's even sports I didn't even know like they actually needed nutrition I worked one time with a professional fisherman um so that wow. was a really really interesting case I worked with like professional wakeboarders uh but most of my the clients that I worked with are main mainly football players so a lot of NFL athletes um a lot of collegiate professional ath- or collegiate athletes as well um and some major league baseball players so um I did that was like most of my uh, my experience was working with them and I did work at for some point with also some tennis athletes in a tennis academy. Uh, but that's uh, – yeah, so I work with the big boys most of the time. Uh, that was kind of like where I got most of my, my experience. But, of course, like, you know, working with those, like, specific, you know, cases that were just, like, super unexpected was obviously very re- rewarding and pretty interesting as well. Thank that's super guys. cool. How do you even get, like, those
1: clients? Like, how, how do you approach, like, a major league baseball player or somebody in the NFL?
2: Uh, you go and stalk him. No, I'm just kidding. You don't do that. <laughs> Like but a real no. jersey trade' <laughs> You're, you're, like, you're going like, can you sign me a ball? And then you'll be like, hey, uh I can help with your nutrition. <laughs> no, I um I was fortunate enough to work in facilities that were very uh, connected to some of those pro athletes. So I started up at um, IMG Academy, which is like a big training facility down in Bradenton, Florida. And it's mostly a tennis academy, but they had this like huge – um, uh, what's it called like a NFL combine program so I started like to getting more immersed into into that kind of area but then when I moved to Tampa where I live at now I was working for the Applied Science and Performance Institute and Yo Murphy which he's like the director of like the guy that was running like the performance training part of it he would bring a lot of NFL athletes and a lot of major league baseball players and it's funny enough too that I actually my one of my cousins or like very long distant cousin he is he was the catcher for for the uh the Peace for pirates uh, his name is francisco cervelli um and oh, wow. yeah so he is a long distance cousin and now he plays for the braves uh so i got connected with oh, him so, yeah in the weirdest course of events i got connected <laughs> with him he's like one of the trainers here in Tampa. he's like hey i'm working with this guy and he's like okay his name is francisco cervelli and i'm like holy shit that's crazy so um that's like I got connected to one and he introduced me to a lot of other people so networking and you know since I'm I guess i pretty good at my job then obviously like the word of mouth type of thing so uh things started working out for me from that perspective
1: and what, and what are you doing for the athletes you're giving them like a meal plan you're going through their regimen like what are you what are you what are you doing with them
2: I babysit them like pretty much on nutrition like it's it's one of the things about athletes is like they are babies like they like it's crazy to think about this but like they don't understand basic concepts of nutrition and it's it's crazy to think that also how they got to that point without having basic nutrition knowledge
1: that's a good point do they do they generally like not eat well before they before they made up with you
2: it's, it's, it depends on the type of athlete. NFL athletes are normally coming from a lot of times like low-income uh, families and things sure. like that. So it's, it's lack of education uh, it paired up with, you know, just whatever's convenient and whatever's cheap. So they come and they're just gifted athletes. And usually when they come to me, I tell them like, hey, listen, like if you got to this point eating like you have, imagine what you would be able to accomplish or how are you going to stay in the league playing in the NFL, you know, if you don't actually fix your eating habits. And then obviously that's when they start paying attention. So when I work with my uh, athletes, it's usually like making small changes one thing at a time. So like, sure. hey, man, like how about we kind of like push out. this thing going and you're coming in and ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you were telling me like I was eating McDonald's until I met you, bro. Like, what the <laughs> hell? I'm like, sorry to like burst the bubble, but you know, you cannot eat McDonald's and expect to have like- If it
1: ain't broke, you don't fix
2: it. (laughs) We're going to talk about male sexual performance. I bet that McDonald's may not fit the bill for like male sexual performance, but (laughs) we'll- (laughs) Yeah. uh, So,
0: so what are, what are some of the changes that you've helped someone make dietarily that have improved that function or do you have- Do you have that sort of built into your services? Is that something men are coming to you to improve through their nutrition potentially?
2: I don't personally advertise it and say, hey, like, you know, you're going to like increase (laughs) uh, sexual health and you're going to make your partner happy. (laughs) <laughs> but i probably should you know I, I now, that probably, you meant, now that you meant now it. that you mentioned that i'm gonna like put i'm gonna change my bio on instagram really? I'm helping helping main be amazing in bed i'm probably gonna like you know i'm gonna followers just gonna like start pouring down um i'm gonna make an ig with all your all face
0: on it and i'm gonna put it it's gonna be me now
2: <laughs> It's gonna be you like <laughs> it'll, exp-
0: it'll be an experiment see how <laughs> see how many more followers come that
2: way no but in all reality um I think a lot of times, like, uh, males, like, first of all, let's talk about disclosure of, like, whenever you, like, specifically males are not really open about this stuff. And, and I'm be- I believe in the, the power and men of disarming, like, sharing is, like, one of my friends usually said, like, you know, sharing is disarming. And a lot of times, like, guys don't open up about this stuff to the fact that maybe they're just not performing well. Mm -hmm. um and not making their spouse happy and you know those kind of things that's something that as us as males like specifically alpha males we're not really proud of that and we don't really open up about it so i do think that nutrition is has a pretty big important component and one of those when when i open when i work with some of my guys and and we we kind of talk about some of this stuff it's you know a lot of times is under eating um high stress like I think is one of the biggest reasons why a lot of times like people are kind of having some of this stuff because it can disrupt the hormonal balances and and men um I remember like this is more of a personal anecdote but I remember when I went through like a cut phase so I was just trying to like reduce body fat I just wanted to get to my 30s in the best way possible I hired a dietitian, nutrition coach to help me out just to hold me accountable and I remember we went down a lot on calories and obviously this is something that is control something I'm doing and I remember I I remember like seeing my sexual drive like plummeting and I realized and it just opened up my eyes and I was like okay so if I'm not fueling my body correctly if I'm not fueling enough with enough you know healthy carbohydrates and enough calories overall and I'm training higher I'm putting too much stress obviously like sex drive is just going to completely calm down and that is not gonna make my uh, fiance happy so of course that's something that kind of opened up my eyes and I was like okay now I need to make sure that I'm paying attention to this stuff to not only my my client my male clients but specifically also my athletes so those are like smaller little like areas that personally I have realized on my own and I'm like holy shit like I need to like you know make sure that I'm paying attention to some of this stuff and I also need to teach my clients about that as well this as well
0: so that might be a, a warning sign that someone needs to cut off of uh, come off of a cut or taper off of a cut if yeah
2: yeah one hundred percent it's expected on. you know it's, it's, yeah. it's expected people just don't talk about it you know like your your, your testosterone is going to take a hit on their calorie restriction specifically also like in, in in people that are doing like you know I'm not going to call it fats, but they say for example there's a trend for with ketogenic diets um, and then they start to cut out a lot of their carbohydrates without proper education their testosterone is going to come down, you know? And right. a lot of times with testosterone coming down, like obviously there's going to be a lot of repercussion, not only in strength and performance, but also in sexual performance. So that's not something fun out of that. So why go through it or why go through it alone and not necessarily getting the help that people need? So.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And you're right, something that no one ever talks about when they're out, like, look how, look how lean I am right now and
2: yeah, photo shoot ready. That's
0: yep. i not, <laughs> not getting up.
2: That's, that's the truth.
0: Yeah. Might have some, might have some issues there. So working, going back to working with athletes for a moment, is there really a prescriptive rule of not having sex the night before a big game? Is that really a thing?
2: Oh, that's, that's a good question. Right. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I've heard of that before. Uh, but know, I, I've actually heard the
1: inverse of that, that it actually spikes the testosterone. No
2: um i don't know actually but i i would imagine so i i would imagine you it's like what you said study. yeah we probably should have set up a study we should probably put like that would be a really really great study it's like hey listen man you want to participate in the study like what do you have to do you just have to have sex tonight and <laughs> as then long tomorrow, as no you're one's go like play game. with who as long as no one's world series spouse.
0: or anything is on the line like i guess i guess that might be okay it's interesting some of these things with athletes where, where's the line between what's reality and what's maybe superstition? Because there's a lot of superstition with athletes as well. Is that right?
2: Yes. And this actually brings up an amazing point. Have you guys watched the documentary, The Game Changers on Netflix?
0: I tried to get through most of it. I, I thought <laughs> I did a pretty good job. And at some point I just said, I just, I just, I can't, but please.
2: I thought about further. you when I was out with you, because I know like you're, you know, we, we recently talked about <laughs> beef and all these different things. So um, yeah. So one of the biggest, and, and I'm glad that we're talking about this
1: Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me back up so i haven't seen it yet so somebody oh, can yeah Uber so let's talk about to this so,
2: so the game changes yeah. documentary is like this big name documentary that just came out on netflix it's like uh when i say big name is because it was produced by james cameron the guy that directed titanic uh, it's backed up by like you know jackie chan It's like you know it's it's narrated by james wilkes which he was a ufc fighter and he's like a special forces combat like trainer type of thing so um he basically had this idea that you know Know, in order for you to be able to live and perform better as an athlete, you have to go fully vegan or fully plant based. And he completely discredits and says, you know, like meat eating is going to not going to give you the performance and basically saying that veganism, is superior than eating like I'm um, just like an omnivore eating meats and plants. Uh, it was very basically, and obviously this is a strong opinion from from myself. It's, it's a it was a very uh, controversial documentary because it had a very clear agenda to prove a point that they just wanted to prove to say. I'm just going to present a lot of the information to say and to support that plant-based eating. And they always talk about plant-based eating. They never actually really mentioned like or not as often like the word veganism. Um, So it's like essentially trying to.
1: The new slang is the new slang to kind of cut out
2: the veganism kind of words
1: and everything. I think they did it. I think
2: they did it on purpose to try to like get you know avoid the backlash, but they still got it because it was just so like biased. It was like insane. But they get but one of the parts of it, this documentary (laughs) though, is like so to listen to this. So what they basically said is like they went into like this area of male sexual health, and they said that plant-based eaters have. Bigger and stronger and longer erections.
0: Oh, that's where they pulled that from. That's oh, all over the papers too. That. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. we yes. talked about that, Dave. Yes. That. So, right.
2: so essentially, this is what they did. So they, they this doctor, which by the way, um, the, the, he like talking about bias and, and people with conflicts of interest. This guy wrote a book called I think it's the Penis Book, uh, which he basically supports like plant based eating and says that he is like you know like plant based eaters are going to have better sexual performance. So he was the one that did this, like, study within this documentary. So what they did is, like, they took three athletes from college, three collegiate athletes, and they brought them in. And they said you had to wear this uh, ring. So it's like this ring they put in two different, you know, places in your penis. I get the very, I get the it's very, at the base ring. of it. It's a cock it's, ring. It's a cock ring. It's, it's a, a ring. cock ring. So you had to put two cock, cock rings. You had to, to put one in the, in, the, in, the, in the base and one at the very tip. So essentially, and they had to connect this machine to your leg, right? So, and you had to sleep with that thing. So essentially what those rings do is like they measure not only the hardness of your erections, but also how long they stay up. So essentially what they did is they gave him three burritos. So, you know, picture this, like you're sitting, you're, you're like one of the, let's say us three. And that's just going to say for the sake of this example, that Nicole is Nicolás and he's, you know, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm wearing double <laughs> concrete tonight.
2: She's always wanted. And <laughs> eating burritos. Yeah. Yes. And you're going to be sitting in like, you know, three tables and you're giving, um, you know, three burritos. Now one of the burrito is going to be like with meat, like with steak. The other one's going to be with chicken. The other one's going to be with beans. So like a plant-based burrito. So essentially, do they know know the study like that they're getting
1: into like do they know this is what they're measuring for and yes they know
2: everything they know everything what they're doing so like you know completely and then literally the guy goes in like on camera to say like this is not a validated method like that's the first thing that they start off with so i was like okay like that's not a really good sign so essentially what they did is like they gave him the burritos and i I think like the first day they gave him the, the the ones with the steak and all that and then the next day and basically, they measured, like, they, they went home, uh, they slept, like, they literally had some shots of them, like, sleeping, and they put, like, little, like, blurred lines, like, around, like, you know, their, <laughs> around their dick, so that basically, you wouldn't be able to see, like, <laughs> if there were erections or not. So, I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, and then they came back, then they actually repeated the experiment, and they had three burritos, but they were all bean burritos. Right, So it was something along those lines. And they came back and they did the same test the, test the next day and they measure everything. So of course they presented like the data and it's like, oh my God, like after you had, instead of the steak burrito, you had the bean burrito, you had the duration of your erections actually went up by 400% so they obviously presented like this data and they gave it to them. And the kids were like, oh my God, like, and not only that, but then the strength of your actions were this. So of course, when you presented that information and you're an athlete, imagine you having no education on or, or no nutrition education whatsoever. And you watch that. What's the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to eat a lot of bean burritos, right? Or I'm going to go plant-based after you watch a whole documentary. What they don't obviously disclose is like, well, what is like, you know, the this, this guys are doing outside of those burritos. Like, what are some of the, are the things that, you know, you need to consider? So again, like, it's just so biased. And, and, you know, a lot of times when you're dealing with athletes, like they will just do whatever it takes for obviously for them to improve performance at all levels. And sometimes it's just like the most like readily available piece of information that they can like con- consume, which a lot of times is social media or a Netflix documentary without getting all the facts. So a lot of times like those things, now that, you know, we're talking about sexual health are uh, the, the things that us dietitians we have to uh, we have to really educate on um, because a lot of times, like imagine this athlete goes into like a vegan, full vegan pro, uh, you know, diet without knowing anything on how to do it. He's just going to eat a lot of salads because that's what for a lot of athletes, what a vegan diet is. How's that going to so work out? The documentary
1: out backed up with any science at all? Any registered Yeah, so it, it's it, cherry yeah,
2: picked. Yeah. yeah. they ch- cherry-picked data. So they did, like, I think, like, they learned from, like, the What the Health documentary. It's like, we, I guess that like, we need to put some data in there. So they started rolling <laughs> a bunch of, like, <laughs> studies. And I actually – I didn't look them up myself, but I, there's a couple people that wrote really, really extensive reviews, and they literally pulled out every single one of those studies. And guess what they found? Like, all those studies they referenced, like, for example, like – Black cherry improving antioxidant support. This thing actually improving this. Nothing about a plant-based or vegan diet. Just specific components that improve, for example, endothelial function, which is essentially your body's ability to, you know, or like your, uh, the way that your blood vessels work and, and how your blood is flowing and things like that. So nothing really linking directly plant-based eating or veganism with like, you know, all this kind of benefits. It's just essentially plant-based foods cherries black dark chocolate like blueberries yeah we know that sherlock like that's that's obviously known but then obviously you're you're putting all this like data and all these studies showing absolutely no like just not proving the point that you're trying to make basically so they're putting
1: the spin behind these cherry-picked uh examples rather than a whole arching this is the science all that
2: that is like the magic equation for a okay. Netflix documentary <laughs>
0: It's yeah. a beautiful piece of propaganda. I mean it is as far as propaganda goes, it's very it's visually very well done and if you are if you are either ignorant or not willing to dig into what's actually being presented, I'm sure as yeah. as you said you could be convinced into making that switch the next day and i think it's very interesting though you mentioned that you know athletes will hear something and they're willing to do anything to increase their performance in all arenas and you'd probably you you could speak to this that many athletes you'd consider them alpha type males right yep. that's that population so i just i find it interesting the disconnect then between really this strong desire for performance enhancement but then not wanting to do your homework and jump jumping on a bandwagon almost almost with blinders on and
2: losing some rationale yeah it's like you just want the easy route about that you know
1: that the blinders are on i mean with influencers being as big as they are this is just kind of another vein of the same thing right
2: yeah and, and I think it's a, it's a, it's like, obviously all like, it's like where you're getting your information from too, you know? And it's like the way that it's presented to you and how it's packaged, you know, it for, for, for like the average athlete, you know, like here's like his, that documentary going back to it. Like the first thing they start off, like the first line that they started off with is gladiators, gladiators, like, which are like the, like the symbol of virility, virility. How do you say that word? Yeah. You got virility. it. Yeah. Virility. Yep. you got it and like strength and strength and like male and like you know macho and all kinds of stuff it's yeah like back in in the day there's like gladiators that were just like put in there to like you know fight for you know fight to death and they were saying like hey they actually were vegan so they're like oh you know for like a guy like that if you start off with that i was like i want to i'm gonna watch his documentary so again like it's it's how information is packaged and how people interpret it and people, and at the end of the day, those, those, those kinds of things, like they're, they're just trying to get more likes, get more views, get more, more sales. Like that's what it is. Every single person in that documentary has a specific, um, conflict of interest with either like James Cameron, actually he's the, he's the owner of biggest biggest investors. One of the biggest pea protein producers in the mm-hmm. entire country, you know, like, do you not think like he's going to benefit from all the views and all the people that are changing their eating habits? Of course. So he's you
1: awesome. personally have any of the have any of your athletes brought it up, or have any of your athletes? Of course, I work.
2: Know? I work with the the. I've worked with the quarterback from uh, University of South Florida, um, and he immediately the next day after that thing to released, he sent me a text message, and and this is a very educated athlete. So I'm gonna like literally hit the like my he he said, have you watched the Netflix documentary Game Changers? I was like I have, and he's like, what do you think? And I was like, what do you think? I think, and he's like <laughs> that you, and he's like that I need to eat more veggies. Good. That is an educated answer because you know, it's like, good, because I'm not planning on giving out my steak. I was like, good. So you obviously <laughs> got, you obviously got what you needed out of what you, it, it, honestly, like the biggest like lesson that I always tell my, all uh, my clients and, and, and my athletes is like, Hey, listen, yes, you need to be eating more veggies. You need to be consuming more, uh more, more vegetables. There's a no doubt about that because you probably don't. That's the reality of it. We don't eat not vegetable you know, vegetables and fruits on a daily basis. So yeah. That's a bit important that you need to cut out meat. Not necessarily, if it works for you, sure. Like here's how we can do it, you know. But it's it's, it's it all depends on on those many of those different factors. And and for athletes, it's it's just so uh, it can be so confusing. So yeah,
0: I can only imagine all the people that are in their ears who also have some kind of vested interest in their financial future or whatever the case may be there. Everyone wants a piece, yeah. so you're I gonna be misguided imagine. sometimes. Like I yeah. cannot
2: even imagine like strength and conditioning coaches of entire programs that run nutrition programs because they don't have a dietitian. After watching the documentary, now putting all their teams in like plant-based diets and that's scary. Oh that gosh, is So yeah. scary because again, not bashing and going against it. I'm just saying like it's it's it can backfire for many people when it's not done properly and they don't really educated in the right way or even like imagine you as a parent you watch that thing and you're at and and your kid is like a football player in in college they put him through like a vegan diet or something like that and like again not against it sure but it's more of like are you giving them everything that he needs you know right and are
0: you going to be able to sustain that also a big topic for athletes right now, I think that's taking the stage is obviously their budgets and how they are utilized for everyone else's profit, but are on a shoestring budget and have all of these regulations as to what kind of help they can receive and not receive. Yeah. So then you're going to pile on the restrictions of a healthful vegan meal pattern on top of that. It's I think it's yeah. fair to say that's really, that's really challenging when you take... Yeah. Your animal based
2: proteins out of the equation. I think that's really tough. So yeah, recovery and all these different things. And it's just it's just again like the way it's it's presented. And and I think that's can you sustain and survive in a vegan? Yeah, of course you can. Like if you do it the right way. There's many people many many different people that that have done it and they continue to do it and they're like elite athletes. It's funny that they talk about this four hundred meter sprinter, like she just went vegan and she just got so so amazing results, or like she just kinda like got faster and all that kind of stuff. They don't talk about Usain Bolt, the fastest men on earth that he eats like eggs and steak or chicken to make a jerk chicken for like dinner what happened to him like he's, he, not, a liar. he's not a vegetarian <laughs> you know so so it's again it's not things that are interpreted i think, I think they like,
0: did great. a really good job again not just of cherry picking data but of cherry picking these specific athletes but andres i think it's safe to say could you do that for Athletes following any meal pattern. Like I'm sure you could find four keto athletes who are really thriving. You could find four omnivorous athletes who are really thriving, uh, four paleo athletes. I'm sure whatever the agenda could possibly be, you Everything. could find examples that fit that bill. Is that fair to say? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because there's a guy, his name is like Graham, Graham Close. He's a researcher in sports, uh, um, in sports nutrition. And I think somebody asked him, uh, they say basically like, hey, what are your like uh, thoughts on uh, the Game Changers documentary? And he basically said, like, send out, this is like literally a published um, abstract, which basically reads like, um, smoking cigarettes is going to help you improve performance. Huh. So you're like, you read that, like literally this is like on a, on a journal and you read that and you're like, holy shit. So then you start reading the abstract and it's like, don't like, you know, don't jump to conclusions. This is essentially a, a article written just to prove a point, how you can manipulate data and cherry pick it just to prove something that, you know, a hypothesis that you have in place. And they go in to say basically that there's three reasons of, or three things in smoking that can improve and like, not necessarily improve, but they say like, you know, you're going to have more of this uh, when you smoke. And technically that has been related to, um, to improvements in performance. So, okay. The A is correlated to B. So obviously this is going to prove a point. So again, that's just like one example of like how you can manipulate whatever you want from the research arena just to prove the point that you're trying to make, you know. So so, I feel like there's,
1: but I feel like there's always going to be junk science, right? There was the smoking. There's dipshits yeah. that think climate change isn't real. There's this. I feel like it's a matter of having experts in the field more, which I always argue is a big thing with RDs and nutritionists. I feel like yeah. you guys need to be more in a bigger space where you can combat this. It, it, but but here's proactive that, rather than reactive.
2: But here's the thing about that, though. Um, now there's like pissing contest going on amongst researchers. Because you have like the low carbers, like low carb researchers. And you have like the 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 obviously the people that are defending that. You have the plant based researchers and they're all fighting each other. And these are like people in academia. So they're all fighting each other off on like specific things. Well, we weren't fancy. And I went to a talk about from um um uh Dr. Lewis Burke, really fascinating researcher on on sports performance and you also have Stephen feeney which he's the one that's done like the most like research on uh ketogenic diets and they were just kind of presenting the data they're gonna have their points um so so i it it all depends like not even in this like you know as yeah we had to be neutral about the information that is presented but even so it's really hard because when you're having people in academia also fighting each other as through as to kind of like what's like the what's the right thing and it's not the right thing you know so it's it's difficult. It's it's not easy. So at, at the end of the day, the only thing you can do is like you can be um, neutral about the information that is presented, and you know, kind of put it in a way that people understand it in like a applicable terms, and then figure out what works best for them. That's really what it comes down to.
0: So it sounds like you're seeing the roots of what we're now calling diet diet tribes. You're seeing the roots of that in academia.
2: Yeah, of course. So that's
0: that's a problem. That's that makes our jobs a lot more challenging. Yeah. you're trying course. to disseminate like, and disseminate some of that information and discern.
2: Yeah. Cause you're going to have a dietitian. If you're like a, you, you teach low carb, you're going to have a dietitian that's going to have a, like right. a specific tribe of researchers that are like studying that. It's like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then you're also going to have the dietitian that goes against like low carb or just like, no, like don't, don't push it as like the main source of like, um, like, you know, like the results. And then they're going to push for specific people again you prove what you want to prove and you go always for whatever is going to prove your um your hypothesis and your beliefs and you're not going to want to like our job as dietitians is just to be neutral no matter what you know like a good dietitian is a person that no matter what the beliefs are it's always still going to stay neutral and then if presented with research or data that refutes that belief you're still going to stay neutral and you're going to be okay makes sense i agree Now I changed, I, I'm going to change my, my thought process on this.
0: Now, as, as someone who, who stays a bit more neutral, and I think you do a really good, I think you do a really good job of that. um, Have you ever had an athlete want to go something, go to something that's a little bit more quote unquote sexy that someone who wants to go and be a bit more trendy local? Oh, oh, Andres is just, you know, he's going to help me be reasonable for, for performance, but this sounds really restrictive and crazy. That sounds more tempting. How often do you run into that with that athlete population?
2: So, you mean like more from the perspective of like, I, I prefer to do like this fat that I heard about on a magazine, yeah. and Men's Health, rather than you know, doing what this guy is telling me. Yeah, yes. you, you're going to run into that, you know, all the time. It's just more of like, honestly, when you're talking and you're dealing with athletes, it's just like kind of how you talk to them about this stuff. Sure. Like, oh, sure. Like, you know, like, listen, man, like you, you read this on Men's Health. Like, do you want to have a, you think a six pack is going to get you a championship in the Super mm. Bowl? Um, or is it more like your actually superior performance and you crushing everybody, like, you know, as you kind of go through the field? Oh, well, I'm going to like, I want to like have the pure performance. Then why the hell are you wanting to do this? Like, you know, why are you going to want to get a six pack? Well, because of the girls, man, because of the ladies, dude, like if you're making, like, if you're signing a, a $20 million contract, next year, <laughs> trust me, they don't give a shit about that. You know, the apps that you have in you, you can be a fat ass and you're still going to be able to get the ladies. So a lot of times like you have to be super real with these people because otherwise they just don't, like they just do whatever, like it's, they feel like it's right for them and, and they won't listen to you because here's the thing with professional athletes. They got to you to, to that point without your help. So like th- th- that's, that's kind of like the narrative. What is going to make you think like, or well, what makes me want to listen to you? Like if I already want, right. you know, so it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy to, to convince uh, a pro athlete to change habits I've always had since they were you know, younger um, to be able to be better. So,
0: tough, tough stuff, and they've got those Jersey chasers after them too. So I mean, yeah. that yeah. can't be that can't be easy.
2: It's difficult. It's not necessarily something simple, but it's, what, it's what what, what's the age range
1: of the athletes that you're dealing with? I assume most are college age you're right out of right
2: yeah so college age most of my able B athletes that are more like you know the older are going to be more kind of hidden like the late 20s or early 30s but most of my athletes are going to be anywhere between 18 i was working with most more athletes more like you know what i was an athlete but most of them were actually yeah anywhere between 18 and 23 24 25 years old so they're still young you know, they're like, babies. You're, re- you're rebuilding like eating habits of a teenager right yes that's that's sure. pretty much it so imagine how difficult that is you know, like, that's it, – it's not easy, especially when you have, like, this athlete that, like, comes from nothing and he's having all these offers. He's going to be a first-round first round draft pick. And, you know, all this, like, this stuff coming up with him, he's going to be like, I don't give a crap about I don't anything care else. I, like, you know, I don't care what I eat. Like, I already kind of have all these offers. Like, they just don't see – um, like, they just don't see ahead,
1: you know. Now, they do you think it's it. going to be easier now that they're talking about paying college athletes?
2: Um, I – think in may, but that obviously opens up an entire, like, you know, kind of warms from, from that perspective, because of, at the same time, it's like, well, now they're feeling more entitled. So when you're feeling more entitled, it's like, okay, like now I'm getting paid. So I, you have more of a availability to just do whatever, like, you know, you want now you're getting like, this is your job and that kind of thing. So I do feel like that is, um, that's a kind of shady area from that perspective. I think they're still not going to change their habits just because they're getting paid. Um, I, if anything i think it may get worse worse um yeah interesting yeah it it depends because i know a lot of athletes that they just don't have the money to eat like we've heard that before too you know like they they literally say like i don't have and this is like colleges that are small they don't have training tables or like maybe training tables are not up and on a sunday and they don't really have any money so it can go both ways Some people really need it some others i think
1: Right. And that's what I was thinking. I was thinking with more availability and more funds coming their way, it'll kinda of open their eyes to, you know, a different world. With
2: the education, yes. Sure. I think so. You know, like and, and I think that's going to be to be key. But yes, I've I've heard all lots of like horror crazy stories from college athletes just telling me, like I, I hate men, I, I I couldn't eat. Like I lost all this weight, you know, my in mean, my off season because I didn't have accessibility to food. Like And how fucking crazy is that? That's,
0: it. that's so maddening to me. That's crazy.
2: And we don't feed our kids, right? I mean, mean, but then, but then, yet they're making, but there's like millions of dollars we made just from that athlete, you know, from endorsements, from all these different things. And, like, you know, and you're paying a uh, college, uh, what's it called, like a college, you know, head coach, you know, half a million, two million, three million dollars. But yet this kid is like going hungry. That's like, that's being a big debate in like um, uh, sports uh, nutrition association meetings. Uh, when we talk about this stuff is like how is this possible and why are we still in this in this kind of position this century. Capitalism, baby. I Capitalism.
0: mean that really borders Capitalism. on that's like indentured servitude. And I mean it really borderlines
1: borderline slavery. I mean a borderline it's slavery. slavery
2: it, really, it, yeah. it absolutely is. is. I know going, that's a then, touchy
0: word for people, but that's
2: yeah.
0: that's really that's really what's going yeah. on there. And just the, they, the volume of money coming in off of these kids' backs is
2: but they basically supported or they say, uh, well, we can, uh, we can justify because we're giving them a free education. Right. So like somehow that makes up for it. Um, at the same time, like, and, and this is like r- really interesting, like they're not all getting a free education. Like some of them are being getting like, you know, straight A's when they're reading, but they don't, go to, they don't even go to class just because they need to keep playing.
0: Right. Like, so someone's floating them
2: through, right? Yeah. So university yeah. is more interested in a player or somebody actually like making sure that they make it to the games and perform rather than being suspended because they didn't really make like their, uh, their grades, because those are like, you know, school policies, right? It's like they, if you, if you can't make your grades, you can't play. Oh, like they, you need to play and we're going to do anything you need to, we need to do to be able to make that happen. You know? So is that really a true education? What are you getting out of it when you graduate? Like a piece of paper? You know that's 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 the true reality of things, and and you're you're starting to see a lot of these athletes that don't make it. Like this is a good example because I work with so many NFL like you know combine athletes that not all of them are gonna make it. Yeah. Like you know I had I, I work with like the like our biggest class I had like 47 kids. Not all those 47 kids are gonna make it to the NFL, and and if those like some of them say like 10 of those kids that were actually playing and they again they got passed they get the floaters and and they essentially they. Then they only have a piece of paper. What do they do now? You know, they, they usually had to get jobs. They had to face real life that they're not going to make it to the NFL. And that's when, like, you know, shit hits the fan for them. And, and that's why it's, it's difficult. So, well, they have a piece of paper and nothing to,
1: behind it. But speaking to, like, the entitlement thing, I mean, at that point, they're so entitled that they've had basically a free ride up at that point that the ride's over.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, because again it's like it's like the the indoctrination of of that concept of like you're getting a free education and then somehow like you're also, you know, think like either if you don't make it to the NFL, I guess like you're just going to be guaranteed a job. Maybe that's what they tell I don't know. You know, but but those are like, you know, very uh touchy subjects in college yeah, athletics. I mean, the whole
1: system's fucked from the ground up. Say what? The whole system's fucked from the ground yeah. up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it starts from, from the ground up and also from the top to, you know, down, I feel like, you know, from, in all kinds of situations. So, so that's the reality and the truth of like, you know, collegiate athletes in the United States and, and, and that's a part of it. You know, I don't, I college athletes is not, collegiate athletics is not as uh, developed in other countries. I feel like this is where like the U S is like, kind of like the, 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 the standard, you know, for that kind of stuff. So, So it's difficult to kind of create comparisons or that I at least now don't know of, but um, it's just, it's not pretty in in many cases, you know, for the ones that make it sure. But the ones that don't, it's, it's hard.
1: But, you know, speaking to that, I saw a documentary, it was on uh, real sports on HBO. Right. And they followed an American system of like kids coming up through being collegiate athletes to, I think it was Swedish kids growing up and becoming athletes. And it's just so night and day and how, how ass backwards we are when we do everything pressure we put on the kids. And I mean, over there, like there's no pressure, you know, it's a game, it's fun. And that's, that's how they treat it up until basically college. I mean, they really have fun with it. The kids develop better. They're, they don't have as much burnout, which is huge because they say I think it's like 75% of our kids burn out before they can even get to that level because they're just tired of the fucking drilling coaching and, you know, all the, everything pounded into them, yeah. everyone else doesn't have.
2: And, 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 and athletes here, like you hear it all the time. Like they, they, they don't want, actually it's funny. I, I was just talking to this, uh, um, his name is like uh, Charles. Like he's, it's funny. I was just sitting in a coffee shop here in like Tampa in this place called Armature Works. And um, he just like asked me, it's like, Hey, I heard you say you had a podcast. I like, Oh yeah. We talk about performance, like fitness and nutritional and kinds of stuff. I like, oh, I also have a podcast. I used to be an Olympic athlete. It's like, oh, really? Wow. Like, so, so this guy used to be an Olympic athlete. He ran like 200 meters and all kinds of stuff. And he started oh. telling me how he now teaches a lot of athletes how to. What happens after they finish a pro career? Because here's what he told me: It's like most of athletes after they finish, they stop working out. And I'm like, why is that? It's like because they see working out as a job. Like they completely change their, pers- like literally, stop becoming something for fun a long ass time before they even became pros. And now it's like, okay, like I, I, I hang in the gloves and now training, no training. Like that was, that was the job. Now I'm just going to kind of, and that's why you have a lot of these athletes with specifically NFL players with all this, like, you know, shit ton of like health issues and health conditions. Like I have personally worked with, uh, and I cannot disclose his name because of like legal, uh, like little battles that are going on right now. But this is a guy that is fighting the NFL right now because of the fact that they literally fucked up his life. Like, he cannot, like, mentally, like, you know, his he has, like, severe issues in his brain. Like, he, this is the kind of guy that sometimes, like, he leaves a place and he cannot get home because he doesn't know where he he lands oh. in the middle of the day.
1: And can, can you tell us how old he is? Is he how old? He's, he's probably in his 40s. Wow.
2: And he has the brain of a 70-year-old. <laughs> That's like the whole yeah. G
1: Day Out" thing,
2: right? So, so this is the kind of guy that is like, you know, disclosing how they were giving them painkillers and, and and you know, kind of stuff like before a game, just to suck it up, you're gonna play.
1: Well, but I mean, that's what happens when you commoditize a human, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's Basically. You're, you're you're a dollar sign, you're a walking that's dollar sign. That's so, it. so that's and 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 that's so sad, you know. When I'm sitting but that, in, but again, in that links into
1: the whole. Bad word or not, slavery thing. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah just get, get is, out
2: there and play for us. And then yeah. this is, but, but this is at this point, like he's he's getting paid. He's, get, he's working on it, but they, again, at what cost? Yeah, but
1: you know what? To them, if if you get hurt, who gives a fuck? I'm going to replace you tomorrow.
2: Exactly. You know, they just try to keep you obviously rolling. So so it's sad. And, and it's our job as like, you know, like, you know, health practitioners and nutrition practitioners to try to fix the, the damage that was caused, which a lot of times it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. You know, like, it, you know how hard it is to kind of hear an athlete, like, in his 40s still, like, you know, has kids and all this kind of stuff, like, you know, saying, like, he sometimes needs to, like, bang his wall against a fucking wall because, like, he just can't understand the pain that he's feeling inside of his brain, like, some, like it's going to explode. Like he so this
1: kinda, guy can't work, right? Like, he can't have, like, a normal life, right?
2: No. He cannot have a normal life. So, so those are like you know the, the 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 really sad stories when you hear from from athletes and how how crazy those things have, have become for them and well, and not
1: for the, the pain that gets that bad. I mean, that's what's led a few to suicide. Yeah, for sure. So it's not
2: man. It's it's sad. Is the reality and something needs to change. But again, you know, like that's that's a part of it that goes like you know that's a, the politics of sports that really kind of uh, gets gets. uh like all the red tape and all the stuff that goes around it that you know what can we do? follow the money, follow the money, right yep. That's it.
0: wow, Dave, you managed to sort start to wrap this up on a note of uh athletes and suicide that's that's a little doom and gloom for <laughs> that was in my
1: notes for today that was in my notes i just yeah. wanted to squeeze that in somewhere is, you, is actually- your
0: double <laughs> cock ring still <laughs> on though it didn't matter it's- what
1: the- yeah i would i would have tied it into the cock ring sooner or
2: later I- <laughs> <laughs> the cock ring on the nipple thing like you know one of the two so we can kind of like you know end this conversation on a light note because yeah of- the
0: cir- oh. the the circle the circle of life there <laughs> well Andres, I think what we learned tonight, not only a little bit about. Can I tell you
1: what I learned, Andres, you did me a service tonight because I learned that if I follow around the girlfriends of the guys that are on the keto diets, I'm in a good spot. Yes,
2: that is correct, <laughs> my man. Thank you, sir. So, so you you better you, you better keep eating like you know like you know the carbs and all the steak and all those kinds of things like that. You know, so uh, that's gonna be the good things about I it. I
1: hope they all fucking go vegan. That was. <laughs> that
0: was um that was a hot tip andres thank you so much for joining us tonight
2: thank you thank you i'll definitely come back and you know maybe talk about a different topic but uh, thank you thank you guys so much for having me
0: We, we love it and andres where can everyone find you
2: uh, i'm glad you asked so lookgoodnaked.com no, i'm just kidding uh, that's actually that's Whoa. actually a website that's actually a website that's, so that's, brad, that's
0: brad schoenfeld isn't it
2: brad schoenfeld like yeah. just, like and i just like the little thought about that. like you know like that's like a really good like you know that like, like, you get a lot of seo from that website smart dude but <laughs> no but you can find me on his, uh, instagram is like my most direct access um i'm trying to get into the whole tiktok thing but not yet not, not quite there yet um, give us the name
1: what's the name on instagram
2: uh, Andres Ayesta. So that's my first and last name. Um and you can uh search me on there and you can DM me and we can talk about, you know, Biden and DMs. We can, yeah, we can talk about, you know, like the 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 cock rings, although I personally prefer <laughs> if we don't do that. Uh but we can definitely talk about nutrition. That would be like the my most uh um ideal conversation that I like to kind of have with, with people listening to this.
0: Excellent. Everyone. Check Andres out. Until next time, Nicole and Dave signing off. We'll see you next week, same time, same place.
1: Bye.